Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We are desperate for you this morning. In Jesus' name, we thank you for everything, God. Your mercy and your peace and your joy. God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Let your word fall on good ground. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if that was the Holy Ghost. I don't know what that was. Oh, it was a guitar. That is not good. I think we should pray for the guitar. That's not the first time that's happened, by the way. It is good to be in church this morning. You may be seated. You may be seated. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, uh, I want to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. So I don't know where I'm going to go, but I do have a kind of a direction, and I might change directions through, through the message a little bit, but I do know and I feel in the Holy Ghost that I, I need to mention something. There was a, has been a burden on my heart and a heaviness on my heart, and I, didn't, I could not shake it. I didn't know what it was, and during prayer, I believe I got direction in what it was. Um, I don't have much. I have two scriptures about what I'm going to talk about right now, so I might transition into... Uh, the message that I was planning on teaching. But uh, if we go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And you could stay seated. Ephesians 4, verse 30. It reads, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. There's a list of things that Paul is talking about here, and he's, he's continuing here and, and he continues and he says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And then he continues, he says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And, and this is what I want to target on right here. And, and be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Colossians 3.13 reads, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, one another. If any man have a quarrel against you, against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And what I feel like right now, um, this does not happen to me very often, so I'm out of my element but I feel like God wants me to speak on forgiveness. Forgiveness. Um, I've experienced in my life on both sides of the spectrum of not being forgiven and then me having to forgive people. And me, and I will say this, I do want to say this. If, if you've been raised in the church and this is all you know, um, how can I say this? You can still struggle with unforgiveness or forgiving people in your life. I think a lot of times we, we um, and don't get me wrong, raised, being raised in the church is, is the best way to be raised. It's the best way to live life. I did not grow up that way. But there are some scars, even if you are raised in church. There are some scars that you, uh, that you get um, as you grow up in life. And we're not perfect, Right? But we know someone that is perfect, and, and, that's, and that's Jesus Christ. But we're not exempt, and our children are not exempt. And, and if you were raised in the church, well, you know more than I know that you're not exempt from feeling these thoughts and these feelings of forgiving other people and then not being forgiven. 
um, or having to have someone forgive you. But in my life, you know, I experienced a lot of grudges in my life. Very young age, at a very young age in my life, I learned how to put up walls because I did not want to get hurt in life because I was hurt as a little child um, from my father and, and having a, wanting to have a father figure in my life and, and my father not wanting to be that father, it really, it really did a number on me. So at a very early age, what I would do is I learned how to put up walls in my life to protect my feelings and my emotions. I put these walls up and it, it protected me from getting hurt, if that makes sense. Um, but one thing that I realized with that as I grew up in life, and I didn't even realize until just recently, is the pain that I've experienced in life, and even to this day, if I'm not careful, if I do not handle it the way the scripture teaches to handle it, that pain, listen to me, that pain will turn into anger. And that's what had happened in my life, is I got hurt by people that I loved, and I did not allow, and I, at the time, I had no idea how to forgive, and I had no idea what to do. Um, I knew that I had to do it, but I didn't know the means to do it and like how to do it. So what I did is I just allowed that, that hurt and it festered. I, I dug deep and I buried it and I allowed that hurt to turn into pain. Or excuse me, that pain to turn into anger because I was hurt. And then it started to manifest itself in other relationships in my life. But it was because I didn't know how to forgive people in my life, okay? And when I got the Holy Ghost, when God's Spirit filled me, the evidence of speaking in tongues, there was a transition that happened. There was something that happened in my life where it was like the lights turned on and I seen the people that hurt me in my life that I would not allow myself to forgive because of my pride, because it boiled down to pride, I seen okay, there's a problem here and, and I need to handle this problem because I can't go any further in life until I handle these situations. I hope that makes sense. And what I feel like the Holy Ghost wants to pinpoint this morning, right now, is forgiveness. And I don't know who needs to hear this. Um, you know, I don't know much what's going on, but forgiveness, there is power in forgiveness. There's something that happens to our soul when you forgive somebody, when you genuinely forgive somebody, and I will say this, and I feel this too in the Holy Ghost, not just forgiving other people, but forgiving yourself also. Because you can get to a point where you're actually mad at yourself. And we know that we are our worst enemy. So we're mad at ourselves, and that stops us in the kingdom of God to excel into greatness into what God wants us to do in our lives. That unforgiveness, that, that condemnation and, and that anger that turns into anger, even towards ourselves, it can happen. And then we can come to, and it just messes with your thoughts and it messes with the way you think and you think unrationally and, and you have these preconceived ideas of, 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 of what people think sometimes and what people's intentions are sometimes. And, and I tell you what, growing up, I didn't, I could not understand it, you know. I could not understand, I'm being very transparent right now. I couldn't understand why 
And I tried to stop this. Why? And it's something natural, I think, that we have in all of us. I wanted a father so bad, but I couldn't understand why my father didn't want me as a son. And I thought there was something wrong with me. So then I not only did not forgive him, but I got angry at myself. So I was wandering around life, not only angry and upset and bitter and and frustrated and, and all this, but then I had no purpose in life. I had no idea my, I had no purpose in life. Like I had no idea why I was around and why I was here. And I, I think this can happen even if you're in the church. You can lack purpose, and this is just one of the avenues you can lack purpose. There are a lot of other avenues, but right now we're talking about just forgiveness. You can lack purpose in life because you're not willing to forgive yourself and forgive other people that hurt you. And, and sometimes it's just something very simple. It's a little coral. Somebody said something or someone didn't say something and, 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 you, and you bury it because of our natural, like for me, that was just natural to, to do, to, to build that wall up, bury it. Even unconsciously, I would just do it. And I had to be very purposeful in my life, even after I received the Holy Ghost, to not to do that in my life. And God used certain situations and relationships and things to reveal this to me that, hey, you have something inside of you that you need to remove out. But there's so much power in forgiveness. And a lot of times, sometimes, I shouldn't say a lot of times, but the thing that we're not forgiving maybe somebody else for is so minute. But then it festers and it turns into something so big. It's like a snowball effect, and it gets bigger and bigger. And it just, it does, a, it puts a heavy load on us that we were never um, designed to carry that load, if that makes sense. And this is why repentance is so powerful, right? This is why baptism is so powerful. Because Jesus Christ said, hey, I'm going to forgive you. If you come to me and you repent of your sins and, and if you turn your back on that direction and start walking towards me and you quit walking towards that way of the world, that old man, I'm going to forgive you. That's the power. The Bible says that the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that repents. So I, we know that there's power in forgiveness. We hear it preached all the time. You know, God's going to forgive you of your sins. He'll remit your sins and he'll cast them as far as the east as to the west. And we've experienced that load being taken off of us. But if we're not carry, careful as Christians, we can start carrying it again because we're not willing to forgive people in our life like Jesus forgave us. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. And... It brings tension and it brings frustration and, and all these different emotions in life. And it just builds up and builds up. And God does not want that. God does not want his child walking around with that burden, walking around with that unforgiveness. Because what happens is it, not, it overflows and gets into different areas of your life. It over, it'll overflow even on the other people sometimes because you'll lash out maybe or, or, or you, you'll, you do these things and it's because you have this in you that you won't relinquish to God. And it's forgiveness. 
the power of forgiveness, not only just forgiving somebody, but forgiving yourself also, right? And then, uh, and then allowing someone else to have forgiveness in your life, that someone that's hurt you, or maybe you've hurt somebody else, and, and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to stop. I'm going to let it go, and I'm going to put one foot in front of the other. But in Colossians 3.13, I read it, but it says, Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. There is, there is just so much power in forgiveness. Now, there, there is a lot to talk about forgiveness, and I have not studied forgiveness out because I just felt like God wanted me to mention this. But when you forgive somebody, it sets you free also. And there's times in life where the other person might not accept that apology. But it will set you free because you're not carrying that. You're not carrying it anymore. You've, you've relinquished it and said, listen, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for what I said or I'm sorry for what I didn't say. I'm sorry. And sometimes that's all you can do. The other party might not cooperate. They might not be cooperative in that situation. But you can still be set free, okay? You can still be set free in that situation saying, you know what, I've done everything I can to make this situation right. And I, I, I've given everything I can and I've done everything according to scripture and now the ball's not in my court anymore. I give it to you, God. And that's hard sometimes to do that, though, because when, when you need to do that... Um, you bring yourself to a place of surrender and humility because our pride a lot of times will stop us from forgiving people because it's a lot easier to stay mad at somebody than it is to humble yourselves and forgive them. And I can tell you that from experience. It's a lot easier. To, I mean, I tell you what, growing up, I, and it, I, don't, I don't know how I even got to the point, but I can... I knew how close I can get people to come in my life. Like I knew I had a leash on everybody. And I knew how close. And if they got too close, I'd be like, no. And if they would upset me or if they would do something that I did not agree with. And, and granted, my thinking was not right. It was, it was irrational because I didn't have the Holy Ghost. And I had things going on. But if they would do something that I believed that was wrong, I had no problem cutting them off. Boom. And it's because I left those walls up and I had never allowed that person even close enough to, to what? To hurt me. That's what. But if we're not careful, we can do that with God also. Because when we become vulnerable to God, God starts to speak to our spirit, speak to our soul. He speaks to our heart and he starts revealing things and saying, you know, you might have some unforgiveness here. You might need to forgive this person. You might need to forgive. Uh, in my life, it was my father and even my mother. Like you need to forgive her and, and your sister and all these relationships you have here that, you've, that are very toxic that you've ignored for years and years and years. The Holy Ghost is powerful and it can, it can, it can do a lot of things. But there are some things that we have to do in the flesh. Right, you, you know, a lot. Of, sometimes in life, God does what we do. Um, so there are things that we have to do. Like there were things that I did in my life that when I got right with God, I had to go mend those relationships. And 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 some of those relationships, God literally would would. Uh, how can I say? He literally made a way so we would mend it. And in certain relationships, it was not a fun way how he did it. 
And I didn't even, I couldn't even see the ending in it. And I'm just like, man, how is this going to turn out good? Like, how is it? And it would turn out. And a lot of, and, and you know, that's the great, great thing about God, right? That God sees things that we don't see. And he brings these situations and even impossible situations that we look at. And we're like, well, how can any good come from this? You know, how can any good come from my, my past and me being abused or me being treated like this? And how can I have any good? And God goes, well, watch. I'll show you how you can have good. I know you're hurt, but we can turn this into goodness, Right? And you think, and I think about Joseph's life and, and the things that he went through. And, you know, and I, you know, and I guess, you know, some things, we hear messages on Joseph and, and Joseph, I, you know, he did forgive. And jo- Joseph, I believe, kept a good spirit and a good attitude during the life situations that he went through because God blessed him. Um, but Joseph was also a man. So I would maybe, I can, I'm assuming here that there were nights and days that Joseph probably felt pretty bad and probably was kind of confused on what was going on in his life because he received a promise from God and he was doing everything he could to obtain that promise. But in the car, carnal looking through it, it looked like everything was falling apart. But in reality, God was this positioning his life. And, w- and we know the story of Joseph. There's a lot more than just Joseph there. But if we're just going to hound in on Joseph, we look at this and we look at the purpose of Joseph. And I'm sure Joseph had bad days. I mean, he was human just like we were. And I'm here, there, God has given some of us promises. Everyone promises here. And we have not seen him come to pass. That does not mean that they will not come to pass. But this is where consistency. And this is where faithfulness comes in, having that faithful spirit and being consistent in the things that we know to be consistent in. Because when we do that, we can grow spiritually and we can mature spiritually in Christ, if that makes sense. Because Joseph came to a place in his life that he revealed himself to his brothers and God gave him the opportunity to see his father in his last days and to spend time with his family. And, and you know, there's so many different avenues you can use here, but you see when Joseph's father dies, Joseph's brothers, the first thing, one of the, one of the first things they do is they come together and say, hey, listen, our father's dead now. Joseph is going to get revenge. They were thinking like carnally. They were thinking like, hey, we did him dirty years ago and he's going to get revenge because dad's not here anymore to stop him. <laughs> and they go up to Joseph and they explain this like, hey, remember what dad said? Daddy said, when, you know, you forgive us. He's not here right now, but remember, he said to forgive us. And, and Joseph just goes, I've, I've forgiven you. And he starts to lay it all out and he says, you know, you, I've forgiven you. Because what you guys meant for evil, I'm, I'm summarizing here, I'm, uh, God turned into good. So you have one specter, you have all, like one extreme to the other extreme where his brothers were like, hey, he's going to get revenge. And you have Joseph sitting there like, no, I'm not going to get revenge because I've forgiven you. That's the power of forgiveness. And Joseph's re- showing it and he's like, like this, I already forgave you. I don't even have those thoughts anymore. Yeah, I might have years ago when I was sitting in the prison cell. 
and I'm wondering what my purpose is because I thought I knew, and I'm sitting in the middle of my storm, which did not define me, but I defined it, and I allowed it to let me grow to where I'm here right now, and I could say, hey, listen, just because our Father is gone, I really did forgive you. And I think that's what God wants in this place right now is there are some people here that are struggling with this. And God wants you to just forgive. And I say that like <laughs> I know it's a lot easier said than done. Like I'm up here with a suit and a microphone and it's very easy for me to say that. But I can tell you this, I've experienced it too. I've experienced forgiving other people and I've experienced people forgiving me for my trespasses and me doing them dirty years ago. And then I've experienced people still not forgiving me for things I did years ago. And all I can do is just be an example to them and be, in a, light, be a light for them. But there is so much power in that forgiveness because you relinquish all that emotion and that feeling and you just say, God, take it. I'm gonna come to this place of humility and I'm just going to give it to you. And it's, I know it's not going to be easy. And here's the thing. With forgiveness, it must be maintained, just like a lot of things in the kingdom of God. Because there are days where that, that old man or those old, old thoughts might kind of try to creep back in. And you've got to come against them. You know, and, and then there's times where you go through similar situations and, it's, and, and, and you want to react a certain way. But then you'd like, you know, I don't want to react that way. And Pastor Polson, uh, he talked about that last week also, about the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, excuse me, of having that, 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 that temperance and that meekness is that when I go through life situations that, like in my life, the way God reveals things to me is like I go through situations and then I get a bad attitude about the situation. Then he has to beat me up and give me a spanking and I realize, oh, I'm an idiot. I probably should handle this a different way. But I want to get to a point in my life where when I'm going through these situations, I automatically go to the fruit of the spirit. Like I automatically want to like have good thoughts and have, you know, forgive my brother or whoever in my life instead of like holding a grudge and then God taking me through the, through the mud and then, and then me coming to the realization like, ah, which is necessary at times, which is absolutely necessary. But as we grow spiritually and we mature spiritually, I think it should go a little bit the other way where we're just desiring to forgive. We're desiring to have temperance. We're desiring to have meekness. And we're desiring to have that joy and that peace. I mean, it, we're, we, we have that peace where if, you know, if you're, somebody says something, you don't automatically just divert back to the old man and get defensive right away. It's just like it just rolls off your back like, oh, no big deal. He's having a bad day, maybe, or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, but I think one of the ways to obtain this the, in, in the forgiveness and having the fruit of the Spirit is, is having a consistent and faithful walk with God, okay? Um, and in the world that we live in, I tell you what, I mean, I am not that old, but I remember there was a time when I was younger and I would watch people do a transition or buy a vehicle or, or buy a motorcycle or something and they would shake hands and the, and the deal was sealed. Boom, done. You know, 
They, they both were, were faithful on their end of, of the deal. And the one party agreed that I'm going to pay you such and such for this vehicle. And in return, you're going to give me a reliable vehicle as much as it is to your knowledge that it runs good and, I, and it operates correctly. And that was it. Like when I grew up, that's the way it was. And part of it probably was because I was from a smaller town and everybody knew everybody. But in the world that we live in now, we don't see faithfulness much. We don't, I don't, at least I don't see that consistency much. You don't see it in marriages. You don't see it in marriages. I don't know what the statistics are now for divorce, but if it's 50 or even maybe more than 50% of the people that get married don't stay married. They, they, they just, they go through things in life and they're like, well, I guess it, it's just not going to work out. So let's just part our way and let's just go about life. But they took the vows to stay faithful and stay committed. And, and if there's something that does happen that, hey, we're going to work through this, do death through his part, sickness or worse or richer or poorer, we're going to work this out. But that faithfulness, and you don't see that much in the world. And I think where you do see it is, is that's where we're going to shine, is the church is going to shine in that consistency and that faithfulness. And, hey, even that, know that I know that you're um, making fun and poking at me and my family because we go to church all the time and you're my neighbor and, and you're always getting on me to mow my lawn because my weeds are getting into your lawn or whatever it might be. I'm still going to come out and, and smile at you. I'm still going to come out and we're going to bake you a pie or whatever it might be. <laughs> We, Maya, we just, we just moved into a new house about, you know, three months ago. And in one of the ways that I met my, one of my neighbors is that he came and he knocked on my door and, and he said, uh, you know, I seen that your boy was out there with a pellet gun. And, you know, I think he shot my window with your pellet, with, with his pellet gun. I was like, oh, really? He's like, yeah. You know, and I, I would, I would like, I would like for you to replace it. Now, my first, my first reaction was, I kind of wanted to stick up for my son. And, and then I don't know if it was the Holy Ghost or what, but I was thinking, well, maybe my nine-year-old son that was having a pellet gun that was in the backyard, maybe he did end up shooting a window. And so I said, okay, yeah, yeah, well, I'll make it right. And um, my wife made him, made him caramel rolls one time. We brought him over, and, you know, Gavin went over there. And, and I'm not bragging whatsoever. Please don't think I'm bragging. And he went over there and apologized because I made him, obviously, you know, a kid. And, and he went and he was good about it. But I could have handled the situation way worse, you know. But, you know, now we're kind of a light to that person. And when they walk by, they come and they talk to us and stuff like that. Um, but it's important to have those fruit, those different fruit of, of the spirit in our life. One of those ways we're going to see it is by being faithful and staying consistent, which the church is going to shine in that area because the world, it's very hard to find a faithful person now. If you don't, I mean, I can't even, I have, I have Tyson working for me right now and he's pretty faithful coming to work. I've had a lot of unfaithful people. I had Matthew Leverson working for me and he was very faithful. Every day I can rely on, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. And, but then I had people um, that were not in church that worked for me and they weren't really faithful. They had dentist appointments and then would not show back up and they had their car problems. And not saying everybody that does not go to church is not faithful at all. Uh, but it's getting less and less in the world that we live in. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. I remember my first pickup, I actually bought it from Brother Chuppy. It was a 1998 Chevy Silverado. 
and, and it, that was the first year it had the, the Vortec, the 5.7 Vortec motor. And these pickups had a tendency of the fuel pump going out. And one of the secrets is that because the, the pickup wouldn't start, there was a little life hack you can do to make your pickup last longer. And, and when you would turn it over, you can go and, and you can have someone bang on the gas tank and it would fire up. And it would, you, you can do it so many times. You only had so many hits with a hammer where it just wouldn't do it anymore. And I remember my fuel pump went out. And I would start it, and it would turn over, and it wouldn't start. So I had to go underneath there and bang it, and then it would start. And then pretty soon I would have to have someone bang it as I was turning it over, and it would start. And it was very inconvenient. It was very inconsistent. And which at one time was a faithful pickup became an unfaithful pickup. And I think sometimes because just of our humanity, if we're not careful, the things that we used to be faithful in, we can kind of lack in life because of distractions, because maybe our priorities are out of whack. Um, but it's in that consistency and in that faithfulness where we're going to see our fruit being produced and us growing and getting closer spiritually and that's where we're going to see hey you know I can start forgiving people and start you know doing these things in my life also um, but we know we serve a faithful God and we might at times we might feel let down because we didn't see the situation in the way we thought it was going to end right I, has anybody had ever had a prayer? I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure everybody here has had a prayer where you prayed, you had a specific situation, and you prayed, God, you know, let this happen. You know, God, help me in this situation. God, I pray that this would happen. I pray that you would open these doors or whatever. And then at the end result was not the way you thought it would look. It wasn't because God was not faithful. It was just because my result and my outcome of the situation was different than what God had done. And here's the good thing is that God has my best interests at hand all the time. He sees the things that are going to cause me to fail. He sees the things that are causing me to stumble. And when I pray, you know, he knows what's best for me. And I, I tell you what, I, I've been in life where I've prayed a, a certain way, hoping for the result to end in my favor, and it did not end in my favor, and I didn't understand it. And I would get upset. And, and, and just frustrated. And not that I was like, I hated God. I might have had some anger towards him. And, I, and I'm just like, but what's the deal here? You know, I, I thought for sure that this was what I was supposed to do. And it wasn't the way it was supposed to happen. But we just need to be careful in those times also is that just because we don't see something happen the way we think it happened doesn't mean God's not faithful because God is faithful. And we cannot allow that. My point on that is we cannot allow that to stop us from being faithful. Like, oh, I didn't get my way, or this situation didn't happen the way I thought it was going to happen, so you know what? I'm just not going to be as faithful anymore. I'm going to be a little more inconsistent. I'm not going to be on time for prayer now anymore. I'm going to be late, and there's going to be lackadaisical. Come in late, leave early, whatever it might be in life. Um, And some scriptures on God's faithfulness. Lamentations 3.21, it says, This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. 
It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, there hath no temptation taken you, but such as common to man, but God is faithful. Somebody say faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. So if we can come to the realization, and maybe this is really elementary, that God does have the best intentions for me in life and that he is faithful. And one of the ways I'm going to see things come to pass is by me staying faithful to him and being consistent in the things I know to do to help me grow spiritually, even when things do not go my way. And even when situations don't look the way I want them to look, and even when it doesn't feel good, I'm going to stay faithful because he who hath called me and given me promises is faithful. And he's just and he's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. But staying faithful to him and having that faithfulness, and, and, and we're going to see that, that spiritual growth happen when we are stay that faithful and stay consistent. And, it, and this is something so elementary and so, so um, simple. But one thing I've realized living for God is... <laughs> The simple things in the word of God are the most profound things. I mean, they are. This, the, the simple things in here, those are the most profound things in life. Because it's the simple things I struggle with in life. <laughs> it's the forgiveness and forgiving others that I struggle with sometimes in life. It's the being, staying consistent and staying faithful and reading the word of God every day and praying every day and, and you know, doing the things I know to be doing that are seem so simple, but at the same time can be so hard, but they're going to help me grow the most out of, out of it's the simple things in life. It's the simplicity of God that is so profound in, in life. And I'm glad for that. It's, the, it's, it's how, like Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things, and all these things shall be added unto you. It's, it is so simple. Man, if I will just seek the kingdom of God first, if I will put his will first, everything else will fall into place. Amen. But why, when life comes and things happen and, and things are not going my way, do I forget this verse so easy? And I start leaning on my own understanding and trusting in my own understanding. And I take off my spiritual goggles and I start walking, not by faith, but I walk by sight. When the Bible says, hey, you need to walk by faith and not by sight. It's the simple things of God that will help us grow in life. It's the simple things of God that are so profound in life. And if we're not careful, we can miss it just like that. God's good. God is so good. Um, and I will tell you this. We all have talents in life, okay? There is a parable God had told. There were three men. There was a, there was a, there was a man who was going to travel to a faraway country. I'm paraphrasing this parable. I'm paraphrasing a parable. I don't know if you can do that, but I'm going to paraphrase a parable. 
There was a man, he was traveling into a different country, so he had three people, and he gave talents to three different people. And uh, the first person he gave five talents to, the second person he gave um, two talents, and the last one he gave one talent. I think that's the way it goes. I'm, I'm just summarizing. And the first two men... They went and they invested the talent. The last man, he did not do anything with it. He went and dug a hole, put the talent in there, didn't do anything with it. God comes back, judges him, and uh, he goes and he makes excuse. And he says, man, you know, I, I, this is why I did it. I buried it. The point of it that I want to pull out of that is we all have talents in life. Some of you have talents that I do not have. Some of you guys can sing and I can't sing. You know, some of you guys are very eloquent speakers, and I'm, some of you guys can do Bible studies. You're good with talking to people. You're good with listening to people. You, some of you just are, are hard workers. I will say this in life, that the, the body of Christ needs people that vacuum the floor. The body of Christ needs people that pick up garbage. The body of Christ needs people that Take out the garbage. The body of Christ needs people that opens the front doors, drives vans. The body of Christ needs his people to clean toilets, to pick up weeds, and to mow the lawn, okay? Because I know we hear a lot of times, well, hey, you're going to be a preacher. You're going to be a Sunday school teacher, which is great, which is great. But I didn't start there. Like, I didn't just start with a microphone. I came out of, you know, being born again spiritually, and they're like, here's the mic. No. But... The reality is, and the rubber, reads the rubber meets the road, is we need people in the church to pull weeds. And I hope I never come to a place in my walk with God that I'm too good to pull weeds. I might have to wear gloves because my hands get a little soft because I'm getting older, but I want to pull weeds. But in saying that is, one of your talents might be just to mow the lawn right now. And I will tell you this, if you're faithful in mowing the lawn, you'll be faithful in leading service. And if you're faithful in leading service, you can be faithful in doing other things and you can excel now, with that being said, I am not trying to make a facade that this thing right here means you're better than anybody else because you're holding a microphone or anything. I have just experienced in my life that when I cleaned toilets and I did it with a good attitude and I drove buses and stuff, God exalted me. And the only reason why I need to do that, the only reason why I knew to do that is because God gave me a talent. And I tell you what, I didn't know how to use it right away. But I watched other people in the kingdom of God use that talent, and I just did what they did and kept a good attitude. I'd watch Bob McGalkley do, bu do buses every Wednesday. I watched Bob go and drive the big bus. And I said, hey, if Bob can do it, I can do that. You know, and I, I watched my wife, not even being married to her, go and help out on the buses. And I said, hey, if, he, if she can do that, well, I can go do that. And I watched people clean the floors and do these things, and I said, yeah, if they can do it, well, why can't I? I got to do something. I can't just sit here. Like I, I, you know, God delivered me and set me free. I'm not a drug addict anymore. I don't even have the desire to get high. I got to do something with this time. I'm just being real. That's how I felt. But there was something inside me. There was a fire burning saying, get busy doing God's work. And it started right away picking weeds. And, and I'm not saying you get to a point in life where you're too good to pick weeds. You pick weeds all the time. But when you stand up doing that, God will exalt you. And if you're doing it and it feels like God's not exalting you, just remember God's ways are not our ways. And there always has to be a person there to pick weeds and to pick up garbage and to do these other things. <clears throat> Paul said the, the, we, the weakest members of the body are the most important. And I'm paraphrasing. But the person picking up the garbage 
He's important because when the guests come in, other people come in and say, man, this church is taken care of. Man, this church looks really good. It's because you're using your talent. Amen? I don't know where that came from. You can stand, though. Let's stand. Here's the question. What are you doing with the talents God's given you? Okay? What are we doing with the talents that God has given us? Are we investing them into the kingdom of God? Are we... Are we um, Helping other people out with the talents. You know, talents were given to us. Talents are given to us. To, well, one of the ways we can use our talents is to edify the body of Christ, to build up the body of Christ. Then again, the the gifts of the Spirit is is for that also. Um, But it's to let our light shine. It's to spread the gospel. It's, It's to be pleasing unto the Lord. And it's to do the things of the Lord, His will in our life. But I hope that this encouraged you this morning, and I, I hope that this made sense. I know I was kind of all over the board, but God really wants to set some people free here of forgiveness. I do know that. And I, I pray that you will take this into consideration, this next service, that God wants to set you free of that forgiveness or that unforgiveness that you've been carrying. He wants you to forgive other people. And he wants you to receive forgiveness also. He wants you to forgive yourself also. If you're going to do that, why don't you just raise up your hands right now as we close. God, we love you and we magnify your precious name. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would anoint the preach word during this next service, that you would minister to our hearts and you would minister to our minds. God, we surrender everything to you. God, we thank you for your patience, your mercy, and your grace and your peace. God, we pray that you would just continue to shape us and continue to mold us and that you would continue to let your spirit guide us and direct us. God, that we would continue to grow and not be God, that we would do your will for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You're dismissed for 15 minutes.